three times in one week. I love this. And not just in a week, in a row. In a row. We're on a roll. I know. We're on, on a, a roll. On a, on a roll like a sushi roll. Mmm. I miss my sushi. I know. I wish I could send it to you from Vancouver. You know what? I'm impressed with the Okanagan sushi with some sushi places up here. It's quite good. I'm, I'm, I've got to say, like, it's, we don't have as many. We don't have, like, you know, five on every block. But pretty, pretty decent sushi, actually. Right. And are they all marinated in wine? For those that don't understand that um, reference, it's because I live in an area that's known as wine country. So, um, and the answer is no. I wish. <laughs> You're going to be a part of me when I have my first sip of coffee, not the last sip. A part of you when you have the first... Sip of coffee. I, I love it. I, I don't... Is there something to understand beyond that, or am I overthinking the statement? The last sip. Oh, I get it. Right. Because we have a couple of last sip episodes doing... Wake up. I know it's the morning. I'm up. Yes, I know. I am so excited this morning. I know. I'm so excited, too. You know how when you have, like, those ideas when you start your podcast and you're thinking, who would I love to talk to? And I will make sure that happens sometime, no matter how it might happen. And that's, ex well, and yeah, that's basically what's happened. Cause we have, um, we'll just, we'll just talk about it right now. Cause we just started talking about it. We have the, I'll say the chef, Christina from hell's kitchen fame. I know it's how I didn't even say her last name because I feel like, and that's actually something I want to ask her is about chefs. Some of them go by last names and some go by first names, it seems. Or is it like a more modern thing to say right. first names now? I'm not quite sure. But I'm not sure at all. But Chef Christina Wilson is the full name. Yes. And she is the most prestigious, no offense to anybody else, but the most prestigious winner of Hell's Kitchen out of 18 seasons to date, she is season 10's winner. And now, 19. 19, yeah, 19 seasons. We don't know that yet, I guess. It's still airing, so. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So she is the most incredible reference point I can think of the show, as well as being a member of the queer community. Yeah. And representing the power and the um i know we say it all the time but the resilience and the tenacity of women um and then not to marginalize but queer women as well you know this real human prowess in an industry that i mean i want to ask her about this now is it the same as what i've heard in the past that is much more challenging for the female population usually to break into and to be in a leadership kind of position. Right. Right. Cause I remember, and we've already had, so we had chef Nick uh, Peters bond on the show, whom was uh -huh. of hell's kitchen fame and uh, chef Mary Lou. Yes. Um, and, and even I remember when we were talking to chef uh, Nick, cause you asked a similar question um, because you know, he's also a part of the community and he was mentioning how actually his first, boss or first chef was or still is um queer and she yeah. woman 
and just how it for for him it was like it wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. it no, was exactly yeah so I'm, I'm sure it's different in different communities and i know he i think that was in boston mm-hmm. so um yeah boston massachusetts mm-hmm. and chef i know chef christina she um was raised just just outside of philadelphia so of course That's right and the only thing the only reference i really have to philadelphia is is fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> i was thinking <laughs> I was thinking was the theme song to Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so I was th- I was singing it. I don't yes, t- Philadelphia born. Yeah, I know exactly. And most of my days, and that's like, yes. <laughs> so the whole morning, that's what that's what's been in my head. Well, I love it though because when you say Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I'm thinking you know Fresh Prince of Vancouver. Eh? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> love, love, right. Exactly right. I would like make it like white as rice, though, so it would be nowhere near as nowhere near as captivating or as interesting or as desirable. But still, hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> so right? I love it. So sh- so she and I keep saying Chef Christina. I wonder if it's okay just to call her Christina. But I think so. I think so. She's not in the kitchen. She right now. She's not wearing a chef coat. Right. So. This is true, but still, like that's how everybody knows her. But that's okay. We'll 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 be on first name basis. So she, um, I, I believe she does currently live in Vegas. At, at least, actually, I do know that because that's where she'll be calling in from today. Yes. Um, and she is like she oversees. I'm going to butcher her actual title for the Gordon Ramsay organization, but she oversees a really big amount of, re- of Gordon's restaurants in the states. Now, I, I almost want to say all of them, but I could be wrong in that respect. Right. We'll clarify that because it could have changed as well over a period of time because it was for a few restaurants, I think, in the Northwest United States region, but it could have been now, it might be now North America, right? Yeah. And initially Las Vegas. So the, you know, initially, yes. Restaurant in Las Vegas because she was the winner of season 10. So that was what, 11 years ago now? Yeah. Uh, and Gore, I mean, he, he says like the most amazing things about this woman, like that she is, what is she? He says, yeah. So like he says that she puts herself last and it's all about other people and that she is the most yeah. humble chef, one of the most humble chefs he's ever met. And yeah. so that goes a huge way. I mean, I've seen her in interviews where she's just, she still can't, can't believe that he's, her mentor essentially and friend and so that's pretty spectacular what this woman it is very inspiring um really really cool mm-hmm. so yeah lots of neat things to talk about what's also neat though is that you can also um and i have this conversation with my partner sydney quite a bit and it's a, and it's not a right or a wrong thing it's actually a really logical thing but on mm-hmm. reality shows sometimes you can't really tell what's happening behind the camera with the contestant, let's say, and are they playing a character of themselves or are they actually just being themselves? And what the camera's picking up is what the camera's actually seeing. Yes. Right? And so you can see that with like Mary Lou and with Nick, those are, those are two examples of like, no, what you saw is what you got. There wasn't any embellishment to the post edit or to the character story development or anything like that. And same with Christina, there, there wasn't any of that. But there are a lot of people where that does happen. But these people were of those percentages that were not like that. And it's really cool to see that you can be authentic and be you in front of a camera, let's say, for, you know, nationwide television. And 
that is who you are. Like, like there's respect and integrity with that is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's interesting because ever since we've had a few um, reality TV show, um, I also would call them celebrities, but contestants or, or not sure. How, how, how would you say that? I don't want to. I would just say people. Well, people. Really? Yeah, just a, a few people. A few yeah. people. You know, it's made me have a whole new um, perspective on reality TV because I, I really poo-pooed it for a while because I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, is this really reality? Like, what, you know, what is this? I'm, I'm more of a fan of, you know, uh, I was going to say, like, fiction, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but... Now having some of these people on our show, it's been it's been really eye opening, and I've always loved the cooking shows anyway because I feel like yes. they're real because you're you're actually like you're working with your hands. You can see that they're they're creating something. It's real. It's coming. Yes. From, you know their mind, their body, their hands, which is really neat. Um, yes. I feel like Hell's Kitchen and even Drag Race. Yes, productions that seem to really highlight um, authenticity and and the real person that is a part of yes. the show which is really a fantastic thing to hear so well done yes done <laughs> well done productions thank you for bringing us real people that are making real impact in society exactly exactly you, know, you always hope would happen but but you it, don't always get that result though which is really sad no you so, know you got me on a dating show for t- like 21 minutes for one episode like five or six years ago now and that was real and you know people saw me in the street and they reacted a certain way and they were thinking oh my god or they would you know even say to me they would just be like oh yeah it's you and i'd be like ah fuck the episode aired again for the fifth time <laughs> really so i didn't yeah. know that you recognized i was recognized all over the city including other areas or neighborhoods out of the downtown core people would look at me and they'd be like i know who you are I people, I people stalk my yoga classes for several months, just wanting to know what happened at the end of the episode. Oh, shut up! No, they actually came to the studios that I taught at regularly, and they're like, oh my god, and they come after me like, I, I mean, one, amazing class, and two, what happened on the date? I, you never told me that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had people on the, on the Canada line, our, our subway system, actually say to me, hey, you're that dude from the show, right? And then actually had a whole conversation with someone on the SkyTrain. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they seem to be all sweet. No threatening people, I hope. So far, and I'm such a has-been now, thank God, that it wouldn't have anything coming on as well. So that's a huge, huge, huge relief. Been from the one episode. You, you'll be, you won't be a has-been soon. You'll be a, a here and now. A <laughs> here and now. I love that. Love that. It's like you can't even find the show anymore. It was First States Canada, for those wondering, because First States is in so many countries in the world now, but it was only on for two or three seasons in Canada and it was filmed in Vancouver. That's the reference point I was making. So I enjoyed that show watching. It was so good. It's yeah. so good. So it, feel good. Except for the fact that you you told me how you know how they really kind of fudged a lot of things in that show yeah. with the how they, how people perceive you and what actually was shown and what wasn't shown and mm-hmm. what was said. And anyway, I know. So I'm really excited to have Christina. I was saying, I've said to Rachel like for a long time now in terms of how long we've been doing the podcast, I should clarify. Yes. And I remember messaging Christina on our getting juicy handle, maybe four months ago. Don't hold me to the timeline, but quite a 
on before I had reached out to Mary Lou and definitely before reaching out to Nick. Yeah. I just felt like I would love to meet Chef Christina. And uh, then I think Christina noticed a comment that I left on a post by Mary Lou because she really is a supportive Mary Lou fan. And of course, being her mentor as well. And then she liked it. And then from me saying, hey, we left you a DM, like, please uh, take a look. We would love to connect with you. That's how she saw the message that I had sent so far back. And that's when she, we, me and Rachel kind of had a little like, oh, my gosh, she saw our message. And that's how we actually were able to get her um, scheduled to come chat with us in any moment now. Absolutely. Thank you, Mary Lou. Thank you, Mary Lou. <laughs> it's always a song. Thank you, Mary Lou. Um, and, and Mary Lou, um, you know, I mean, she had such phenomenal things. Everyone has phenomenal things to say about Chef Christina, about Christina. I mean, it's, you know, just leaves such a, an amazing impression in everybody's, with everybody. So yeah, super stoked. I am too. And I love the fact because Christina was like, what do you want to talk about? And is there anything you want to, you know, discuss? And so when I presented what I would love to connect with her on, she said, yeah, like, that sounds great. You know, like, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm receptive to that. And so hopefully we can get to know a little bit about Christina as Christina, right? And, uh, well, and that's the thing too. Like, I think a lot of people, you know, especially with reality TV, um, you know, aside from fictional TV, is okay. I want people like what's what's the I was gonna say what's the juice? I want the <clears throat> I want the the drama. Like what's you know what actually happened behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. Is Ramsey actually this way? You know all the redundant questions that I feel like I'm sure she's heard a million times in the yeah. over decade now of mm -hmm. since oh um, that we you know hopefully we want to kind of mix it up a little bit and not talk about all those those similar questions that she's probably heard over and over again although I know there's people out there that still inquiring minds want to know and also I think that with reality tv and those kinds of things especially with like America's Next Top Model there are things coming out of mm -hmm. uh the shadows so to speak as to what actually happens behind the scenes I think people are mm -hmm. again it's a resurgence of people being super interested of what actually happens on these shows so mm -hmm. No, you're right, though. And especially Top Model got a lot of heat in the last, you know, year and a bit because of going on like Hulu and stuff, right? And these were shows that I watched religiously. Like I rewatched the entire series of Top Model, like late 2019, you know, and it was interesting before that all came out. I didn't, even, I saw some stuff that I thought, oh, this doesn't seem too good anymore. This doesn't, this is cringeworthy. And then you see it come out. Yeah. Here she comes. Yeah, she is. I'm, Hi, I, Christina. Good morning. Hi. So sorry, I was on like Google Meets or something. I, I don't know what link I clicked. So hey, that is okay. Right. Hey, that is okay. How are you hey guys? I'm great. Good morning. How are you? Wait, where are you? Where are you guys? I was in Vancouver, BC. Oh, okay. So you're on the west side. Of yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm like as if I can't. I'm just sitting back. <laughs> we were going for a hug. <laughs> okay. I wish. Hey. <laughs> sniff each other through the screen <laughs> exactly um yeah so no heroes in vancouver and have you been to vancouver before i haven't although it's at the top of the list uh i haven't spent a lot of time in canada and, and where i've spent it is over in the on the toronto side yeah, yeah. just amazing I city i loved i absolutely love toronto it is it's it like is mini 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 new york city like mini mini like want to be at least that's but Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it felt more friendly to New York, uh, to be honest. 
I'm, I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in New Jersey, about uh, 45 minutes due west of the Holland Tunnel. And we just have mm. uh, East Coasters, especially from the Mid-Atlantic, just have like a like a natural gnarl to us. Like, argh, like we, don't, right. we don't come off overly friendly. Uh, and I, <laughs> I find Canadians, and I know this is a wild generalization, I find Canadians to be some of the like most pleasant people. Uh, and when wow. I'm in, in polite and when I'm in Vegas and people like might come up and say, hi, it's not the, it's not the accent. It's not like the sorry or the, abu. it's not that it's like this general sincere niceness of, yeah. uh, Hey, I'm going to just ask you for a minute of your time. Do you mind? Like, it's just, it's such a different approach. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Canadians out themselves right away by being so damn polite. So yes, the city itself, I think is like New York with the restaurants and the vibe and the streets yeah. and there's so much culture. Um, yes. scaled down, but I, I think definitely much more, much more friendly. But you totally. know, those stereotypes are so true because I, I remember even being in a store not that long ago and I was at the front till and then the woman behind the till accidentally knocked something over. And then she said to me, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, mm -hmm. you didn't, what? <laughs> you guys like live to not inconvenience other people. And it shows. Yeah, we're peace. Yeah. We, we want to be peacekeepers. Yeah, yeah, like super cohesive. Yeah, allegedly. I know you guys might be. Uh, yeah, demons under it all. Are you in Philadelphia right now? I'm in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. You're in Vegas. Okay. Okay. I haven't been. That <clears throat> yeah. Go ahead. No, it's going to say, because I mean, your background, okay, I just, I'm not to get into it, but we watched this little show that we oh, house the house animated, so, yeah. so I saw, yeah. so I saw the blue wall and I'm like, oh, is that her home? <laughs> no, no. This is my little bullshit kitchen in Las Vegas. Uh, nothing like, uh, nothing like the masterpiece I have in Philly, but um, yeah, Martha lives in the, lives in the Philly house, which I've had for Christ uh, since, since 2009. Okay. Uh, and then I have <clears throat> this one in, uh, this one in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, the bi-coastal thing. Which is so I love Philadelphia though. And as amazing city. Because before he came on, I was like, the only thing I can reference Philadelphia to is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, no, West Philly, man. Yeah, that's a it's a place. It's a real it's a real thing. Yeah, I know. Us us Canadians know where Philly is. Don't worry, but we know where Philly is. Yeah, and that's okay. We'll take the I'll take the you guys knowing the Fresh Prince over like our murder and crime rate or our shitty NFL team or professional sports teams and all that. So if, if Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is the thing that Canada thinks about when they think of Philadelphia, I'm, I'm here for it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm the generic queen that thinks about cheesesteaks. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah <laughs> nobody can touch our cheesesteaks. That's uh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll fight for that one. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. funny. Here what are you guys doing? What are you up to? Is this your studio? Are you are you like at home, two separate homes or yeah okay. yeah? So basically, Rachel, me and Rachel are best friends. We're yoga okay. teachers from Vancouver. She wanted to hire me. You keep saying yoga teachers. I don't even like do that much anymore. But go ahead. That's fair. That's fair. That's how we met. That's how we met. <laughs> okay. That's how we met, and it's like I'm just very slapstick, very candid, as we told you. Like we met. I knew that she couldn't afford me no tea, no shade. And she was like, <laughs> I, I said, I want to be your best friend. So let's forget the professional side. Let's just be best friends. And our conversations were as candid as they've been. And we were like, let's have a podcast six and a half years later. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's nice when things uh, come together that organically and without yeah. the, the pressure of the business side of it all and just kind of let the unravel. Yeah. Uh, and that's great about yoga too. Yoga uh, absolutely saved me. I was a, uh, 
I'm trying to watch my mouth. I'm sorry. I'm like trying to like not no. swear because I don't know what you're. Uh, we're, we're, we're totally yeah, I was okay like with it. An absolute fucking maniac in my late teens, early twenties. Like when I first got to college, like maniac. Oh, um, wow. And uh, I mean, I was just I, I was living my life. I look back on my twenties and I'm glad I survived it. And I'll smile about it every single time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of hard lessons learned, but a, a, absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, but somewhere in my early 20s, probably 23-ish, um, I found yoga and it absolutely saved my life. Like it Amazing. helped me settle down my mind. It helped me yeah. uh, just reach a, a different and clearer level of consciousness. And it, yeah. it was, um, uh, I had a, a very dedicated practice for about a decade. And it wasn't until I came out here to Vegas uh, that, uh, that that kind of diminished because I, I couldn't find a yoga studio that felt like home. Uh, and for me, yoga became like, almost a replacement for church. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was like no, it super does. spiritual. It wasn't yes. like as physically driven, although like I, I love that part of it, but it was just mm -hmm. like the movement of mind and body and yes. uh, that kind of synergy that I was really drawn to. And there was uh, a few yoga teachers in particular. And I think that happens uh, probably with anything. I'm sure with like spin classes and yeah. know, dance classes, you find instructors that you really connect with. And yeah, um, totally. the studio I went to had uh, two that I really just like felt something with and still in, in touch with uh, those ladies today but um yeah there's not uh in vegas there's not as deep or as sincere a culture as we have uh on in other u.s cities i think it's because mm -hmm. it's such a young city vegas yeah. wasn't really settled until like the 70s 80 you know going uh yeah, yeah 70s 80s so super yeah. young city and, and there's some great benefits for that uh but the culture piece is just starting to really um kind of find its thread uh, in, in the fabric out here, which is great. It's a good, they, they need it. And it's a good change uh, for the locals, but in any case, yay yeah. for yoga. Or I'd totally. be like, ah. yeah. Right. No. Yeah. <clears throat> you say that. Cause I, I was just thinking, you know how you said like, okay, the culture has peace. Hasn't really happened maybe yet in Vegas until recently. Do you feel like, because, and this is something I really wanted to ask you about with Vegas, because you've lost so much of your tourism and the Canadians coming, <laughs> like there's, Oh my I God, know. the amount of, Fucking like West Coasters and Vancouver, it's like it was so easy for us to just to hop down to Vegas for mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that maybe that's how you built your culture over over the tourists, but, but now that's not happening as much. So now maybe it's like it's almost like um, there's no choice but to develop your own culture and to finally have yeah, <clears throat> is that, is yeah. That like I, what I don't know. I think um, quite honestly, <clears throat> yes, I think that's a good point, and it, it is. Um, I think it's it's illuminating the soft spots where, where culture is still kind of missing and where we're as locals. Um, yeah. I think what's <clears throat> where I, I've been out here for eight and a half years. Wow. And, uh, oh, I know fucking hell. I know wow. I was meant to be out here for one year. I can't, I, I can't even some days I'm like, I, it, uh, it just blows my mind. Oh. We'll get into been that, that later. Long. We'll get into that um, later. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think in, in Vegas, uh, I started to see a shift, uh, around 2014 and 15. And what we were seeing is that, um, uh, people weren't coming for three or four years and then moving back to California. Vegas mm -hmm. for a very long time was kind of a, a pass-through city you'd come here and because you can make really good money in in vegas especially um in food and beverage uh Ooh. because there's union so our server our servers make f six figures like across the board it, it's wow. insane they get paid what? the wow. u.s is super archaic in a lot of ways but um they wow. get paid union uh wages plus tips so they'll make 13 14 an hour 
plus four to eight hundred dollars a night. So they are like they're they're putting their kids through school. They're buying. It, it is such an amazing thing to see. Uh, like wow. I said, I've been out here for eight years. So we have so many day oneers at stake, and I've seen their kids go through high school and now graduating college. And this is like on a food runner salary. And that's the beauty wow. of Vegas because you don't get that anywhere else in the U.S. Where wow. culinary or front of the house people are actually paid a true living wage, and not just a living wage, but one that actually lets you have that kind of socioeconomic mobility. Usually, people just settle into food and beverage or I, I don't know it's it's mm-hmm. it's such a mix but in any case <clears throat> um I think as people started to uh California was getting so much more expensive the taxes and everything there's no state tax in Nevada so uh, our paychecks don't have that taken out just the federal um but people stopped coming for just three to five years and then moving back to California or somewhere else people were really starting to make roots here and then getting a um, professional uh, sports team uh, really helped too. Like there's, it created yes. so many more jobs. The locals felt like, oh my God, we finally have something that's ours. Yeah. Um, and the, the hockey team came at the best time because it was right after the shooting in 2017, which just like absolutely devastated us. That hockey team single-handedly put the city back together, had a killer, uh, had a killer year, made it to the cup finals and, and yes. lost to the caps. But um yeah. yeah, so I think Vegas in the last probably four or five years are really starting to get uh, culture that's not on the strip. And I think that used, that was the problem that everything went to the strip. And if you live here, we don't ever go to the strip unless we're, we're working ever. Okay. So uh, there's this culture that, that's building downtown, which is amazing. It's kind of the arts district um, and then out into the into the suburbs. But yeah, Vegas in a nutshell. Yes. And I actually have like a, a very, very, very quick story because I was in Vegas, yeah. I'd say two years ago now mm-hmm. just so for- was i yeah We're, yeah not at the same time no <laughs> but um and i was there and we decided on it was a, a long story short it was a friend's second set of nuptials wedding it was only four of us or five of us that went down and we decided because i'm like you know what i've done this strip like i've done this in times so they used to have to go down there for work and do big trade show conventions okay in, yeah yeah in fashion for bread and butter yeah, fashion at Mandalay Bay. And I was like, fuck, like, I'm just over, I'm over that. So let's go downtown. Like you just said, like we it, into, we actually bumped into a couple locals and we had the fucking time of our lives. I'm like, like, I'm like yeah. this is the real Vegas. Like yeah. we, we ended up at this old blues bar um, and there was a man that was sitting on stage. He's probably in his late seventies. Phenomenal guy. Yeah. No, no teeth. Yeah. Naturally. No teeth. Yeah. Naturally, no teeth. <laughs> And, and like beyond like just head explodes like just un- yeah. talent and then we ended up at um a drag bingo night that there we were like the only foreigners there like everyone else yeah locals and i'm like this is what like hey bingo were you at charlie's i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out where you were oh uh, good question oh my uh, god Okay, it's, you know, yeah, it's okay. I'm wondering <laughs> if you were maybe at the Sand Dollar and Charlie's up in Chinatown, or if you were like fully downtown, down by Atomic. But we were fully downtown, and okay. it, was, it was like an indoor outdoor space. Like there was a whole like, and they only did it like once a month, I think, or something like that. But <laughs> anyway, it yeah, just was phenomenal. So it's those those are the types of you know experiences that I think a lot of people don't. Yeah that I think um if they do have they start to realize that Vegas is more than just the strip yeah and you're right all the locals if we go out it's downtown or it's Chinatown that's really Mm -hmm. kind of where we go because it's where the good people are and it's not 
we love the tourists. This, this uh, city thrives and is alive only because of tourism. And, and mm -hmm. to your earlier point, uh, you know, it's been a tough, a really tough year for us. Uh, we're doing the best we can and we're scrappy as hell out here for sure. And we'll <laughs> bounce back because everybody is just dying to be out and do something that, that feels yeah. normal. And, and once it's all safe and we can, yeah, we're, I, I promise you, Vegas is absolutely ready to, to have everybody back. But um, yeah, downtown is where it's at. And that's where you'll feel that culture. And you'll, yes. it, it's not just, uh, you know, buy this like $18 Bud Light and, you know, walk through a casino. It's just, you right. know, you get a $4 draft and you fucking walk down the street and you have a good time. Like that's, that's yep. it. So yep. that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you got to have that experience. Uh, and that, that was a big shift for me too. My, um, I'm like East coast in the marrow of my bones. So coming out to Vegas, uh, was, was rough in the first two years. Um, yeah. I really didn't take to it. It wasn't until I found, uh, the like red rock canyons. I, until I found all the nature stuff, uh, yeah. kayaking down in Arizona, about 45 minutes away. And then, uh, some of the, some of the stuff they have downtown, that's when I started to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. This place is actually cool. Just, mm -hmm. it's not all the strip. Uh, yeah. but I, that's what we're known for. So. Right. But you're anyway. right though. And in terms yeah. of you kind of, again, being from Philly and then growing up and stuff, I'm curious to know a little bit more of whatever you're comfortable to share about. And you've been really transparent and candid, which I'm very humbled by, very appreciative of very much. So as a, someone that's been looking up to you for so long, but I'm yeah. really curious to Thank know you. about, of course, um, for many reasons, but I'm very curious to know about a little bit more about like your earlier days, um, whatever you're comfortable sharing publicly, it's completely up in your consent, of course. Yeah. I'm curious to know about just how you grew up and kind of how that inspiration developed and where you got to where you were, even before culinary, even if it was very yeah. early on, right? Just who's, who is Christina? <clears throat> uh, that's a very deep question. Thank you. I'm, I'm a very deep person. <laughs> Um, let's see. I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, like I said, uh, Northwest Jersey, right on the, um, kind of Pennsylvania border. Um, I came from like a pretty small town. Um, I grew up in the house that my mom grew up in. Like, uh, we have a couple generations, uh, in, in my hometown, a place called Phillipsburg. Um, and I have three older brothers and I, I saw, Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, no, no, it's okay. I, I, I'm trying to turn off my, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's coming up on my computer today. Anyway, sorry about that. It's um, okay. so, uh, I grew, yeah, grew up with three older brothers. And I think that I, as I, as I kind of, uh, and I'm like hyper self-aware and just always trying to like be better. And, and I look back and I reflect a lot. Uh, but I think having three older brothers and, um, coming from a working class family, my parents were divorced and then both, uh, remarried but blue collar across the board. My dad was a mail carrier. My mom worked in payroll at a, uh, Victor at like a, a foundry. Basically my stepdad worked in a foundry. Um, and my stepmom's just a little kooky. Um, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't work for, it hasn't worked for a long time. So anyway, growing up super blue collar, really humbled, not, uh, I don't want to say poor because I think I don't want to, there, there are people that lived well below the poverty line. Uh, yeah. we always had a roof on our head and clothes on our back. So, I think it's like a little bit relative. Um, yeah. But uh, I think having three older brothers, again, and working parents, one thing that I notice about myself is um, I get asked a lot, uh, oh, you're a woman in a male dominated industry. You know, what's it like? It's super normal for me. And I've never like, I've experienced it uh, not so much on the line or on my way up. I experienced it actually more when I got to the corporate side and we're like talking ideas and adding value at a table. 
and how I had to shift to amplify my voice uh, and to like really just kind of make make my and I had to make my own space uh, at the table. Uh, but leading up to that point, what I realized is that I because my parents always worked, my brothers are seven, five and three years older than me. So enough. Uh, I was just always expected to keep up because we didn't have the time or the money to be like, Oh, Chris is the only girl. Like if my brothers had to piss in the woods, so did I, like, it didn't matter that I didn't have toilet paper. Like I had to figure it out. So there was a lot of just, I I grew up in a way where I was always keeping up with people that were like considerably older than me. And it was always like the oldest kid was in charge after school. It didn't matter. It could be a neighbor. It could be a cousin. It didn't have to be my brother, yeah. but we traveled in like little packs with very little supervision kind of shit. I committed so many felonies as a child. I look back and I'm like, thank God there was no Snapchat. There was none of this mm-hmm. shit because we like, bro- we weren't doing it. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of like malicious intent. We were just very curious and yeah. we had no supervision. So if we wanted to like, break into an abandoned house we found a way and we did it we weren't in there like breaking shit we were just curious no. so yeah but course. also it is uh, definitely a felony um <laughs> so i uh i think that one thing that really helps me again just being kid sister to three older brothers in a, in a working class family is that mm-hmm. i'm innately competitive like incredibly competitive yeah um when it comes to work not like in my that's a lie. I'd go into a dead sprint with you right now. That's a fucking lie. I'll make a, I'll make a competition out of anything. But, um, <laughs> but it, it, that, and then I was heavily involved in sports as a kid. Also, um, I didn't have like a, the, the best home life. There was, um, my stepdad was, uh, a bit of a prick and it, I didn't always want to be home. And I found like a lot of solace in sports, um, uh, because I felt part of something. Uh, I was mm-hmm. really good. So, uh, I thrive when I feel useful. Mm-hmm. And then um, I really just looked for that kind of uh, mentorship and guidance from my coaches because I didn't necessarily get it from my parents because they were working and it was, you know, they had their own struggles. And as a kid, we have our own. So I think that those bits of growing up uh, are when I look back and actually like really, truly reflect, I think um, those those couple uh, pillars are really what uh, shape the foundation of of who I am. Where uh, and, and Gordon's been great with that. Um, every time I've gotten a promotion, it's always been something I'm not quite ready for. But he knows I'll get there, and he'll give me the resource and the tools and the support to get there. Wow. Um, but my whole life, it's always been that way, and so the, I I absolutely thrive in that kind of environment because I'm yeah. competitive and because I want to keep pace with like the older kids or like all my big brothers mm-hmm. in yeah. a way, like I'll always just like absolutely push myself uh, to get where I need to be. And, and he's been, he's just been um, absolutely brilliant and, and how he's allowed my career to uh, grow outside of just that kind of uh, chef on a station or chef on the expo or, you know, corporate chef looking after five and then looking after 10 restaurants. And, and I, and I've, continued to uh get promoted all the way up uh, but he, he he's been great in keeping me engaged in that way and i think i think he recognized early on that that's that's my formula is give me something i'm not quite ready for and i will i, I will absolutely like just smash it um but if yeah. you keep me too comfortable i don't get complacent i won't like rest on my heels but um i get idle and, and you don't necessarily mm-hmm. get the best out of me you get great out of me but you don't get the best because i yeah i'm not it, or, uh, I'm not naturally feeling challenged. If that if that makes sense, uh, or maybe well, I'm, I'm exactly the same way though. So I get that. Yeah, or you, or you're, or you'll like continue to look for something else, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not that you 
Yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, Gordon Ramsay, like the, the amazing things he says about you are just yeah. like, I, on that episode of my house, was it my house? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what did he say that Christina is one of the most humble chefs I have ever met. And that, and I can, as soon as you popped on, I can, I could sense it like right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel honored that you, I was like, I feel honored that she took the time to be a part of our podcast, but, but I, it doesn't feel um, forced. <clears throat> you just, yeah. Not at all. So thank you. Like I, I understand. You're welcome. I understand. What now is what I meant. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's also not lost on me that I can be like a touch too nonchalant. And even when I was getting ready this morning, I thought, "Fuck!" I, I know I didn't answer um, one email. There was there was nothing to answer. It was really sweet, and thank you for that. But I thought, "Oh my god!" Like these guys might be nervous that I'm not dialing in because I just like to me, I um, also box things off. Like, okay, yes, we said yes, we decided on it. Great nothing else to talk about. I'll see you right. on that day. But then I thought, mm-hmm. oh shit, they don't know that about me. Like they, they might be right. thinking, oh my God, is she going to bail? And I felt really, when I was getting ready, I felt really oh. bad. And I was like, oh no, 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 it, it, it'll be fine. Um, totally but fine. yeah, I mean, coming from, honestly coming from such a, a small town and getting my ass kicked by uh, my brothers, <laughs> my whole life. Uh, I, I don't, I'll never get too big for my britches. I know that I, I, I know right. uh, I work really hard to stay uh, grounded and um, just a decent human being uh and it, it's interesting i can i can see where um i can see where some people would let it all get to their head and uh as i um you know got to come back to hell's kitchen as sous chef and um as i i continue mentoring some of the not all of them but a, a handful of the of the good ones i stay in contact with um yeah. but it's funny we we, we filmed the season and then there's that kind of gap time before it airs and then yeah. when it's airing I'll start to see them on social media, like really just going and going. Uh, and the ones I, I have time for, I always tell them, just drink it slow. Remember the first time you got drunk and you just drank it way too fast and none mm-hmm. of it felt good at the end of the day? Like, just drink it slowly. You got to sip it. Um, and and most of them uh, kind of do that, get a little step change and then are able to uh, navigate because it's a lot it would, it, and nobody's ready for it from, you're not ready for it walking in those doors and starting to film and you're absolutely not ready for it when it airs and you start getting Mm -hmm. all these comments on social media and uh and and that was the best thing gordon ever ever told me um and we do get along we have a great relationship and we had a really we had a really good relationship on my season actually i mean i was scared shitless the whole time don't get me wrong but um he and what i know now that i've been with gordon for nearly 10 years um is that like he would call on me uh during the season even if I wasn't on that station I had nothing to do with it but I knew it was because he knew I would understand what he was saying and try what point he was trying to get across so you know maybe one of my teammates fucked up something on fish and then he would be like Christina like what the fuck is going on with this gal it's mom on hot apps I'm like I don't know chef I'm not even Uh... but I would look at him and be like yes chef we got a chef don't worry I'm counting it down chef and like he just needs that kind of engagement to know that somebody like actually uh absorbed what he was saying right um but yeah he is um he is amazing and completely candidly Gordon is one of the most humble people on this planet for Mm -hmm. for as for as much as he could just kind of boast uh, his success and, and what he's done, he, he really doesn't. And he does so much under the radar uh, that we just don't talk about because he, like, he wants to keep it that way. Um, uh, 
so yeah, there's, there's a lot and he takes a lot of shit, uh, in the press as famous people do. But, um, yes, I, I, it's easy for me also to remain humble and, and ambitious because my leader is exactly that same way. So yeah. Well, you, well, you just hit that on the head as well, though, because again, taking it back, even from being a viewer, like being what, I'm 29 and I started watching Fucking house. Babies. I'm, well, I'm not, not me. I'm not, he's <clears throat> baby. I'm older than you think. I'm, I'm more in your age. Okay. Um, <laughs> point is, point is, it's not just the gay gene, but point is, is um, <laughs> point is is that watching gordon from season one of hell's kitchen um right and seeing that come on uh i used to watch with my brother um and not making it about me but the context is what i'm getting at my brother passed from leukemia um in 05 and so when he was sick it was around when he was in the hospital when hell's kitchen season one came on so then that was my exposure to who ramsey was because that's what Mm -hmm. most people my generation would have referenced someone in media to so watching that and having that imprint in the brain of okay this is who this man is this is what he's doing and i loved reality shows i then got into teaching uh taking cooking classes with my brother as well and then i did presentations on gordon ramsey in school whenever it's like passion project or profile yeah. so like I, I actually talked about him like this is gordon he does this show he's got his four at that point four kids he lives yeah. in here you know so it's really interesting to have that kind of sentiment as kids like one day i'm gonna connect with people from these different walks of life and then you see you fast forward what 14 years later and here you are right yeah. so it's yeah. really humbling to Amazing. connect to someone like like yourself who i've looked up to because for many reasons including the queer community and yeah. reality but the authenticity part which we say to filth all the time but it's true the vulnerability the authenticity and just i'm a human being first and foremost and whatever yeah. i do or whatever i've done yeah it might be part of me but that's not just who i am and a lot of people like the spotlight people just to what they've done or their title or what show they've been on and that's not what we're about on our podcast we want to get to know the person and yeah that's why me and rachel have said to you like we're so grateful we're so humble um to be able to share that with you you know yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm re- thank you. Those are really kind words. And I'm sorry about your brother. I, I can't even imagine, okay. uh, okay. uh, with that, with, with that's like to, to kind of navigate and then, you know, to go on and live, you know, uh, past that. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm happy to do it. And, and honestly, um, I, anytime I, people are, I know you guys have been around for, for a little bit now, but anytime that people are just trying to grow their platform and they seem like good people, if I can, normal clean people uh i can help them if i have the time i'm I'm absolutely happy to so uh, yeah no, thank you for thinking of me of absolutely it's so funny because i even said to you um i think in one of the emails it's just funny like all of a sudden we've had you're, you're the third oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the most the most important to me sorry mary, mary lou and nick but <laughs> <laughs> but uh the- mary lou and nick are two two of my absolute favorites though so that's that, glad to be in that glad See? to be in that company yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then and Nick, oh my God, I adore that man, and he's coming back on actually in about a month or so as well. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's so sweet, super talented, incredibly talented, and uh, yeah, yeah, so really driven, just focused, kind of knows his shit, t- sits above all of it, but can mm-hmm. can like throw the claws out every now and again. He's like the king of one liners, one worders. Yes. He'll just like he'll get it. He'll he'll drop some, he'll drop a gem and then just keep moving. And it's uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's great. <laughs> He's really great. Oh, Super talented great. though. Like incredibly talented. That, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, um, cause I was, <laughs> I don't normally have notes, but I do today. <laughs> yeah. Great. 
let's go for it. Let's go. Let's go for it. Because I, you know, I just, there's some things I just didn't want to forget to ask you about, but you, I just going back to um, your time or your time growing up in Philadelphia um, and your first, it's funny because they, here we call them townhouses, but it's a row home, right? You guys call them mm-hmm. a row, row homes. Yeah. Row home yeah. In Philly. Um, and I heard, I guess, well, I guess it was on that episode of my house as well, but that um, you had rented that place for. Yeah quite a while and then with the with the prize winnings or the money from hell's kitchen season 10 yeah. you were able to purchase that home and you yeah. have that home i do i love that house so cool like yeah mm-hmm. I, I it's it's such a good time for me to sell it right now and i just fucking can't and i know that um i think to some degree i'm being short-sighted um but again, when you come up from not much, there was like, I, I, I started renting that house in December of 2009. Um, and my landlord was this uh, old gay German playwright who was getting ready to retire. And he, he lived up in New York City with his cat, Sophie, at the time. Oh, my God. Uh, John Barrow. What an absolute gem. Oh, um, I- and I was... Uh, yeah, he, he was he was incredible. And so when we first met, um, when the house was open um, for rent, and I was was going to find a house to rent, uh, the minute we met, we just like hit it off. And it's definitely that like, definitely like the I was like his little gay puppy, and he was like this older. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm like really drawn to older people. My um, my best friend out here turns eighty five this year, Bernadette. And so um, I, I was super close with my grandma growing up. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, there's something about, and I think I'm just old as hell on the inside, always have been. Yeah. Uh, but John and I just got on so well. Um, and at the time, there was no Hell's Kitchen in sight. I wasn't, I was just plugging away in Philly and I loved where I worked. I loved my life. I was like super happy. My family was close enough, but not on top of me. So it was very perfect. <laughs> um, and John, John was like, hey, when he, when he chose me and there was, it was such a great, um, such a great house to rent and he had the the rent was pretty low for the area that it was in and uh and I was like I was legitimately uh living paycheck to paycheck at the time um but we hit it off he chose me out of all the applicants uh but he told me from the beginning hey I'm gonna look to sell this house in about two years because uh, he was retiring but he wanted to go to Germany to write this play like actually in German in the German language and um whatever he was gonna go on this playwright adventure so he wanted to sell the philly house so he said i'm just giving you a heads up probably in about two years i'm going to want to sell it just so you know i was like oh shit i might be ready to buy it by then again this is no show and i'm thinking if i can just keep putting you know nickels in my mayonnaise jar under my bed i'll you know i'll get there someday give me two years i can do it mm-hmm. um and he gave me like an obnoxiously great price because again we just had this this really good connection so uh when the show happened and um yeah and i had that uh, little extra chunk of money that was uh it just felt so natural and I, I felt like that house was always mine from like the oh. minute I walked in it mm. uh to, to look at it to rent it to today it just uh yeah I love it it's a pain in my ass it's like a hundred year old house there's like fucking hell. <laughs> I had like there's so much work I gotta do to it it's just uh but I but it's so charming and uh again I love Philadelphia so to have still a little bit of roots there um it it, it keeps me sane I get, I live, I was doing like this because I, I can't even see that old ass. Yeah, I, I can. I live in a house that's over a hundred years old. So yeah. finally we, we bought our own, our first home, my husband and I, and he's, I told him to be quiet because he's actually demolishing a spare bedroom, which would have <laughs> like knocked your ears off your head. If you. <laughs> so 
he is, I don't know where he is right now, but anyway, yeah, I get it. Some, somewhere being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing as he's told. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we call him, uh, call him Roe Holmes in, uh, in Philadelphia. I, I love like, talk about timing. Hey, cause yeah. In, cause you were, cause you were on that, you're talking, you started renting it in 2009, you said, right. Mm-hmm. And then 2010 yeah. on the show or 11, 2011. 2011 we filmed 2012 is when it aired okay sorry you know yeah season 10 that's why I was thinking 10 so yeah 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 so that's so I guess like that just begs the question as to I know it's you've probably talked this about this a million times but how did you get on the show (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna do my best to give you the short version this actually actually um uh yeah, I'm going to do the best to give you the short version. I mm-hmm. think I'm going to turn it into like a children's book, to be honest, because sometimes when I tell the story, it just, it feels like a fable. Yeah. Um, but okay, short version. I went to school to be a teacher, uh, played basketball, was on scholarship. Uh, when I started college, lost my scholarship because I was a maniac in my 20s. Um, fucked up, lost my scholarship, didn't want to, uh, wanted to finish college, but didn't want to take out student loans because I saw everybody struggling with student loans at the time. This was, uh, the Bush years, uh, presidency wise and in for our economy. So, uh, like kind of like this. Um, so I started like bartending and waiting tables and, and cooking. Uh, I would pick up the Saturday and Sunday morning shifts because everybody was out getting fucked up the night before. No, none of the cooks wanted to work them. Yeah. Um, but I was always like super drawn to the kitchen. I loved cooking at home. Uh, always did cook again. Uh, my mom had five brothers. I had three. We, we just were the ones always in the kitchen. Um, so I start cooking. Uh, I finished school, student teach for like six months, like it, but don't love it. And I'm like, fuck, I think I really want to like check out, like maybe look into this culinary thing a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I had a great mentor, um, a restaurant who I worked for a lady called Ellen Yin. Uh, she worked down in Fork. She like really encouraged me to just do like, fuck your degree, like do what feels right for you. So uh, my best friend at the time was dating a chef who owned a restaurant outside of Philadelphia. And I was like, Lainey, ask Ralph if I can like, I'll work for free. Just ask him if I can come learn. And she was like, okay, yeah, cool. So Ralph of course says, yes, I go in, I start working for free. Uh, for like a couple months. Um, and I'm learning a shit ton. They owned uh, two restaurants at the time. So I'm kind of going back and forth and just like soaking it all in. I may, they started paying me like, I, I think minimum wage might've been like seven bucks an hour. It was rough. I had like, a, like a, a few ramen, ramen and toastiers. Like that's all I could afford to eat. I didn't care because I knew, I knew it was more valuable to get the hands-on experience and to put money into going to culinary school than after I had just gone to for you so anyway so i start getting better and better and better uh i'm with this uh restaurant group for a couple years i end up getting promoted uh so now i feel comfortable now i'm cooking full-time this is what i'm doing i'm like i've I've pulled the trigger Um, this is this is what i'm gonna do uh so there's this tuesday night uh that i'm I'm working and, and where we're sat outside of uh philadelphia uh there is the marriott hotel caddy corner okay and um so a lot of people that come in for business, there's like a little convention center there, stay at the Marriott and then we'll take the train right into Philly. It's, it's cheaper and it's, it's easy. You can walk to the train and it's 20 minute train, right? So uh, it, it, it's always busy, but Conshohocken is kind of a sleepy little suburb. So everything closes at 10 o'clock. So people that come in on the late flight, there's really nowhere except for, uh, 
like Wawa, like a convenience store and a McDonald's to get food. Um, mm -hmm. So we close the kitchen at 10, but the bar stays open until two. So it's after 10. I, it was a Tuesday. It wasn't overly busy. I had sent the rest of the staff home and I was like, I got this. I'll just clean down the kitchen. No bigs. Mm -hmm. which I, I had to do the order and all that shit anyway. Um, and Annie was bartending and naturally I would have like a couple beers while I was scrubbing down. So I was probably like on my second beer because I took the train too. I wasn't driving, so didn't care. Um, it's probably like on my second beer, scrubbing down, doing the order, whatever, doing my thing. And the bartender comes back and I was like, oh shit, I got these two ladies. They just checked into the Marriott. They're fucking starving. You, I know we both know there's nowhere to eat. And it's like 10, 15. It's not like, you know, 11 and yeah like we had just kind of closed so uh yep. and was like would you mind just can you cook them something and i was like oh, fuck but now i've had two beers so i'm feeling great and my personality's turned out oh yeah okay no problem so i go and i talk to him and i just say you know the grill's closed like i won't be able to get it hot enough but uh, i can make you anything from this sec these two sections of the menu no problem uh and there are two twins uh lisa and debbie gantz uh from long long island so we're chatting it up we're having a great time nobody else is on the restaurant side uh, so I'm like spent and I'm like cooking for them and I'm serving them and we're, uh, you know, just, we just hit it off really well. And it turns out that they own, um, a talent agency called twins talent, oh. twins, twins talent agency. Yeah. So they were like, we want you to, we're here. They were casting for uh beat Bobby Flay. No, grill it, grill it with Bobby Flay was the show at the oh, time. Wow. And they were like, Oh my God, will you, will you audition for this? And I was like, not a chance. I just, I actually just started cooking like this year. Uh, like I had cooked through college, but like, I've now just said, I, I was like, I'm nowhere near good enough. I have no desire to be on TV, not even a little bit, but thank you kindly for asking. Let's stay in touch. Yeah. So for the next six years, uh, and they were based out of long Island, uh, for the next like six years, anytime they were in the Philadelphia area, they would hit me up and say, are you sure are you yeah. ready yet? And, and they would come to eat wherever I was working. They'd make a point to, you know, come to my restaurant. So they actually were able to see my growth. Uh, wow. So fast forward to, it was uh, November of 2010. I'm now, I've now uh, joined a restaurant group in Philadelphia proper, like in city center. Um, I got the house in South Philly uh, in 2009. So I'm like, like really starting to kind of make a name for myself in the city. Uh, Chef de Cuisine, uh, one of the top 50 restaurants, amazing restaurant group I'm working for. The twins come into town. Uh, they were in there. They came in Friday night um, and let me know. They came in for dinner on Saturday and they were casting for Hell's Kitchen Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah. And they came in Saturday night and now I'm like, I've like come into my own and I'm like, confident i'm um, working middle saute like it's to date my favorite restaurant that i've ever worked in i fucking love that place. i loved my teammates i loved everything about it uh so they were like god damn it christina like it's been six years like we're we're they were casting four blocks from where my restaurant was wow. um and so that was saturday night they were like please come and i was like it's sunday it's my day off like I, okay <laughs> i was like fine um the cowboys were i'm a new york giants fan uh for american football um the Cowboys, I think, had to lose that night, and they had the 4 o'clock game, or maybe it was the 1 o'clock, I can't quite remember, but I told them, if if the Giants make the playoffs, I'm going to be buzzed, I'll be in a great mood, and I'll come. If Dallas loses and the Giants can't get in the playoffs, I'm just going to get drunk with my boys, watch football for the day, and that's it. Uh, and the Cowboys won, and so I went, and when I got there uh, to the hotel where they were doing the auditions, there were still um, about 900 people to go, and they had two spots left. 
and me and all my fucking glory. I, trust me. I, I, it was like 22 year old Christina came bursting out of me. I don't know who the fuck I thought I was, but I was like, um, I got this number and I was like 890 and I'm looking at the room. I was like, oh, hell no. So I was like, um, can you please let Lisa and Debbie know that Christina's here? I don't know who I thought I was like, or what I, wow. but I had a great relationship with them. And, uh, Lisa came out and she started cracking up. She was like, oh my God, I can't believe you made it. Get back here right now. And I was like, okay. Um, uh, so they let me cut the line. <laughs> Whoa! They had, they had two spots, but again, I had a relationship with them, so it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was all right. Um, so they let me cut the line. Uh, I went back and did like the first uh, kind of on-screen test, and yeah, and then it went from there. Uh, and where wow. I got really lucky, I was fortunate, and where all the stars aligned for me was um, they were casting for season nine and season ten. They they always cast two yeah. together. Uh, they already had nine already like fully casted or except for like, I think one or two spots. Yeah. So um, because I got cast for season 10 and won that season, I ended up in a Gordon Ramsay restaurant where the season nine winner ended up at BLT steak, which right. wasn't a Gordon. Gordon knows that restaurant group and used to be financially mm -hmm. um, uh, involved, but wasn't at the time. So yes, uh, Paul who won season nine, uh, got BLT stake in New York and he stayed on the, with the BLT corporate team for a couple of years and went on to be like their kind of mm -hmm. opening chef, uh, which would have, that could have been me, but I stayed on with Gordon yes. who had his first restaurant in Vegas and that's where I went. And then I stayed on as he expanded. So it, it mm -hmm. just, everything just lined, it just lined up, but it really just goes back to me being a little bit buzzed and happy to cook some pasta for two ladies. I didn't know. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So anyone, any chef that's listening right now, if you just see air to cook two things of pasta, yeah. <laughs> just do it. Do it. Just, just, just do, do it. it right. Me, yeah. If it wasn't for a pandemic, I'd be out of the bars like every night and just be a little buzz and just hope I run into someone and then be like, Hey, we've got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You never actually know. though know. actually though like i literally uh gotta say it's the same thing you said you um said i just want to learn i just want to do that and it's the mm -hmm. same parallel with um teaching as a contractor in vancouver at least there's so much saturation of yoga pilates spin teaching and i teach pilates and spin too and so i just said i'm tired of my full-time job at a front desk at a yoga studio i just want to teach got my training started teaching before i was certified to teach even with liability insurance and i volunteered for nine months just to get to hours of teaching so yeah in addition to that that parallel i mean is if you love what you do and you have an opportunity to do it just do it and know that yeah. it could lead somewhere for you even if your purpose is just to share what you love to do that's going to translate more than anything else right yeah yeah so good on you what i was really curious to ask you about as well is that and even since it was shown on House Kitchen, because it, it was, you have a partner and you named, you said her name is Martha. Mm -hmm. And is this, I mean, because I'm not assuming, is this the same partner that you've been with since no, that no, time no. as well? Different no? one. Okay. Different one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know if blondes are just my type or what, but um, yes, different one. Sarah and I, uh, uh, who was on the show, uh, we actually broke up uh, right as the show was starting to air. Um, oh. just lives going in different, different directions. Um, okay. so yeah, different, different girl. Okay. And so, and so Martha lives in your house in Philly right in now. In Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And so what was that like to meet, meet her and how are you two doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, the pandemic, uh, puts, has put a wrench in it in a lot of things, but, um, I think we're just doing our best to kind of navigate it. Um, 
Martha went to school for musical theater and she uh, is in the wedding industry. Uh, she's an artist like all the way around, but um, she does calligraphy um, oh, wow. and, and does a lot of, uh, you know, handwritten wedding invitations and signage and uh, actually just a lot. She's inc incredibly talented. Um, wow. But I think it was, uh, you know, every, every business was impacted. Some, some businesses were impacted in a good way with the pandemic. You look at people that make masks or hand sanitizer or things like that. Their, their business mm -hmm. has gone way up. Um, I think the restaurant industry got murdered, uh, but we're so resilient that we're able to come back or step change and, you know, mm -hmm. do takeout or delivery instead. And, and we, we were able to stay afloat. Uh, but the theater industry and the wedding industry just absolutely collapsed. And um, I think that was, uh, as her partner, I could just see how, how difficult that was for her to navigate. Mm -hmm. Because I think I'm, I'm super analytical, like we're I'm like solution oriented, like, what's the problem? Let's find a solution. Where's the straight line to the next goal? Let's get on that road mm -hmm. where she's like an artist in every aspect of the way, more whimsical. I'm like, Oh, it's shiny. Let's go that way. And so we're, we're very, we, we approach things very differently, but mm -hmm. um, it was tough to, to watch how, how much that impacted her because I think um, for creative types, if when they don't have that outlet, the musical theater or the calligraphy or the art or the com um, commission pieces, it just gets all bottled up. And I and I, I'm I'm not somebody that feels comfortable or would ever want to be on stage. Um, but there's I think there's an energy and there's there's something that you receive back from the audience that that you need because that's how you're kind of built. Uh, so I think um, and I'm just kind of more let, let's let's just get on with it. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, Martha's got all the feels. So I, I think it really hit her hard and, and it was tough because we opened our restaurants back up. So I was here in my life. I was in London. I opened a restaurant October, November, December. I flew over to London to help with the restaurant. Yeah, I, that was, wow. yeah, that was a whole nother story. But, um, but so my life was like, even though we weren't at full capacity, I, I was still working and still had that kind of everyday purpose. And I think a lot of people, and that's not just Martha, I think a lot of people may have lost their purpose in all this too. And, and I think it makes you, again, I think a lot of things are just like illuminated and it really makes you look at yourself and, and where you find your peace and where you find your happiness and how much is inside, how much is you know, your environment or the people around you that contribute to that. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was super revealing and in, in, uh, in a really tough way for everybody. I think I had, I had some really shitty days uh, and, uh, and, and the U S was under incredibly an incredible social unrest with everything that went on. And I was, I was devastated. I've never cried. A, I, I, I was, it was a tough time to be an American. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it was really hard. So it, uh, the distance we're usually fine with because we both are busy in our careers and, and we like that like space of freedom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it was pretty tough for, for her, especially not to have her normal, um, outlets, but it's, it's starting to kick back now. She's in, uh, uh, rehearsing for a show right now. Uh, I think they film this weekend. They do. They film on Sunday. Um, and the wedding industry like slowly, but surely mm -hmm. is starting to come back. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And, yeah. how, and, and how long have you two been together for? Uh, two, two and a half, two and a half years. What are we in March? Yeah. Oh, uh, more than two and a half, almost three years, three years. Amazing. Muscle tub. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. 
Of yeah. course. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, not the stereotype because it's a stereotype, but like in same-sex relationships, I just find that time is maximized. It's almost like multiple. Yeah, it's like you know, ten, it's like dog years for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like I've been like, with my, yeah, like of. I've been with my boyfriend Sydney, who I met just two months ago Saturday, and we've been nesting for like a, I don't know, eleven days so far. He's in my bed right now, but like <laughs> you know, it's just like it's like we've been together for I don't know, like a year already, and it's like what yeah. the fuck? It's like are we already like you hauling it? Like what the hell's happening here? And it's COVID, like a bunch so of course it's even yeah. yeah, we are literally doing the lesbian thing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He loves you too, by the way. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe we're gonna shout Christina. Uh, and, hi, from, hi, hi, hi to bed. He's waving. Um, he's waving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the I'm the the, the kind of anti lesbian lesbian yeah. in that way. I'm not a you hauler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm just very um, practical, and mm-hmm. um, it, it it makes me a bit boring sometimes. But uh, hey, my boring. control issues come. Yeah, whatever. boring in my that'll opinion. be for the next. We'll, we'll go into that on the next. Uh, on the next podcast, we'll have one oh just about relationships. <laughs> oh my god! Well, we would love to have. It's tough working in a kitchen. Like nobody wants to date a chef. It is rough to date a chef, uh, especially if you're working in a super busy and, and successful restaurant. And yes, my boss just happens to be wildly successful. So um, yeah, it it is really hard though. It's like we're we we have these like uh, hills and or mountains and valleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Now exactly. Are you in the kitchen a lot of these days or are you, I, I wouldn't think you, no, I didn't think you were. I didn't think you were. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, really not at all. I, um, yeah. when we're opening new restaurants, I'll write the opening restaurant men- menus and, mm. uh, train the chefs who, who are going to actually run that restaurant, tra- train the chef, his team, his or her team. And then the staff, the culinary staff, uh, I help with the front of the house operations also, um, but yeah, I'm not having to like slug it out on saute station on a Tuesday night anymore. Now I'm all, yeah. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm well past that, which is good. It's, I mean, it's, um, my body is really happy because it's, it's not as straining, but mentally I am pushed in a way that I've, I've never been pushed before. It's, it's mm-hmm. literally like nonstop. So, yeah. um, yeah, but it's good. I, I love it, but yeah, it's, uh, well, and you've well. gone, you've gone to business now. Like it's really been from. Yeah assuming so that's like something that I feel like probably uh I was like on a first name basis you know Gordon because I know him uh Gordon yeah just assumed or just not assumed but just knew that you could rise up and and come into this role which was mm-hmm. very different yeah than what you were doing mm-hmm. but I'm assuming you kind of just had to learn you kind of learned on the job to get into that yeah like it's a lot of that yeah yeah Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, and it's, um, it's the part of the business that I really like. I mean, there's, uh, it is really fun to like, you know, go to the grocery store, go to the market, get a bunch of fresh ingredients, come back and say, okay, what dish am I going to make? That's the romantic side of yeah. the culinary restaurant life. That is definitely not the everyday. Uh, yeah. But I geek out on, um, you know, where are we going to open our next restaurant and how many new jobs are we going to create? What impact yeah. are we going to have on the local community? Uh, again, like I was saying, I've, I've seen a, like a med, uh, get his kids through high school and now through four years of college. And, and yeah. so, so to me that that's where I get comfort that replaces that great dish that I made on, you know, my Tuesday night on saute. Uh, but you're right, Gordon. And, and as I was saying earlier, um, he just, he'll make sure that I had the resource and the support to get where I need to go on the next step. So when it comes to operations, uh, I work very closely with one of my colleagues who was based in the UK, but came to the US like once a month. 
Um, and he really gave me uh, a lot of the responsibility. So as soon as I'm accountable for it, uh, I'm going to like, I, I won't sleep until I know I got it right. Um, so yeah, it was just exposure and a lot of on the job training and, and understanding how everything kind of links links together. And at the end of the day, we're trying to run a business, a successful one, one that makes money and will be around for 10, 15 years is kind of the goal, uh, for each, uh, location. So yeah, it's, I, I, I like learning that side of it. And I feel, and I think because I'm uh, a bit more analytical in, in the way I think I, I have so much more comfort, um, in that area. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Totally yeah I love it. Yeah, I, I geek out on it. It's like when I was learning about um, when I was first learning about like HVAC systems and black iron and, you know, why we can't I why I can't put the kitchen there, but I could put it there. I was like geeked out. I was like on yeah. LinkedIn, like watching these little videos about HVAC and shit. I don't know. It just it's yeah. so intriguing. Yeah, it, there's sure. so much that goes behind like a restaurant. So like yeah. when that steak and mac and cheese gets in front of you. The amount of work, it has nothing to do with the steak and mac and cheese. Like the amount of work that went to get everything else together so that you could sit there and eat that. It's just, it's unbelievable. People would, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, they don't understand. It's, it's a lot, but I, yeah, I love it. And I love learning and, and growing in that operational uh, yeah. uh, sector. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. What I wanted to ask as well, because I can't believe we're coming up at the end of our hour here. So I would love, I, we would love to have you back at a time that I'd works love to you. come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'm just like a girl. Like I don't need to be like that, but it's just like it's like, like is it is this for real? Um mm-hmm. sorry, I'm getting a little bit getting a little bit clumped. Um are you guys both in you guys are both in Vancouver? Well, Rachel no. was born in North Vancouver, uh, which is really close. Oh, she was born in Toronto. Sorry, I keep forgetting. I forget I forget I forget. I forget. She, okay. I'm so sorry. Just just take it. Just a- answer her question. Here. From here. Um Yes. No, I was born in Toronto, actually, believe it or not. So a lot of my family is still back there, but I moved, I moved when I was very little. So Kiro's partially correct. I grew up in Vancouver. Um, but a couple, I want to say, gosh, almost four years ago now, which is crazy. Uh, my husband and I moved from the big city to a smaller city because, um, akin to kind of what Vegas or a lot of cities in the States were like Vancouver Nobody really, not, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's very hard to make a livable wage. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. So with with that being said, like, you know, we we just had enough. And, you know, our our dreams were um, to actually own something to get out of living. Basically, we were only living in like a 550 square foot space. That's tight for two people. So, yeah. It's tight for two. No matter how much you like each other. Hey, hey, even our 1500 square foot house is sometimes <laughs> during I like to look over your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where he is, honestly. Anyway, whatever. We, we're very open with each other. So um, in any case, I don't live in Vancouver. I moved um, about four years ago and I'm about seeing I'm going to do it in kilometers because we don't do miles. So That's I okay. I can work it out. I know where I'm about like 450 kilometers from from here, like British Columbia, Canada's bigger than you think. Yeah, no, yeah, I so, get that. So like the province of British Columbia of, of BC, like I would say I'm about five hours driving from where Hero is. Okay. Still in the same province, um, just five hours north. And actually, Christina, if you're a wine connoisseur or fan, 
I basically live now in what's called the Okanagan, if you want to look that up. Okay. Uh, Okanagan is wine country. So essentially, okay. yeah. So I live in, in kind of what's akin to like a Napa, Napa Valley kind of areas. Okay. Um, but smaller town now. So people, if you think Canadians are friendly, it's even more friendly in this town. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, if I, if I get up there, if I physically get to Vancouver, we could do it in person, but y'all seem to be pretty far, pretty far away. Well, I, you know, wherever to- you end up, okay. wherever you end up, we're always happy to be of support and yeah. show you around. whatever you need from us. We are always happy to give back. Of course we Sorry, are. So Hira, yeah. You were about to ask a question before Rachel made me start doing fucking math conversions, miles <laughs> to kilometers. Sorry. No, what was I, what I, what I going to say? Um, I think I was going to say something about on the lines of like coming to Vancouver and stuff. And I mean, it's kind of like I have no culinary background and I'm not ashamed to say that besides the cooking classes and being a bit of a sous chef and helping prep for my boyfriend because he's an incredible cook. You heard that? You're an incredible cook. But anyways, um, I, I really lucked out. But anyways, my point is, as I progress, <laughs> is, do you, do you, th- there aren't any, there aren't any Gordon Ramsay restaurants in Canada, right? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay, because I was thinking like for Vancouver to be such a Vancouver, I mean, I'm sure you've done some knowledge of culinary for Vancouver because yeah. it's pretty international. I mean, girl, this city is booming right yeah. now, even through COVID. Like like uh like Momofuku is opening up. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the hell is happening in Vancouver? This is nuts. And I could imagine that there would be a huge opportunity there for the group and for his presence in Vancouver. Yeah. I would I would almost die. <laughs> we just uh yeah, I think it's it's uh kind of on the radar and always has been um we just uh kind of we, gordon just not just but about a year ago a year and change signed with a private equity partner so we now have he's got his other international stuff but we have a gordon ramsay north america team um right. so we'll we'll be going into kind of the east coast of the u.s first uh some expansion right. there and then looking into the islands and up into canada probably closer to 24 ish uh, 2024, yeah. 25. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, uh, for sure on the radar. And if I, if I had to guess it would be Toronto in, in BC is where Vancouver BC yeah. is where, uh, we would land there. So yeah, super exciting. Phenomenal. Well, that's super exciting. And then Rachel, do you have any other, well, actually, no, um, another thing we do like to ask our guests as well is before we say bye for now, I'd like to say, cause there's always like, you know, part twos and stuff with some of our guests which we're humbled that you would be interested in yeah um, absolutely is there any is there anything that you want to promote or share with um whoever will be watching or listening to this anything you would like for them to know about whether if it's uh, what you do for your job or just something you are passionate about a, a cause that you care about or, or fundraisers is there anything you want yeah. listeners or watchers to know about um sorry I, I wasn't ready for that one so I, I can probably come back to you with a with a Okay. Uh, on the next time, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a sure. list. I work with a couple local um, uh, nonprofits in uh, in Las Vegas that uh, mean a ton to me. But I not a, I, I can't tell you. Um, I yeah. mean, Unshakable is the is the uh, bigger organization, but uh, not enough that I could okay. be like, oh, here's this website or go donate yeah, yeah, yeah. there. That's okay. uh, otherwise That's we're okay. just we're just making some good food in the U.S. and uh, right. hoping that we can fully open uh, safely. Uh, to everybody sooner than later. Uh, one little fun fact I'll, I'll give you guys before uh, before we jump off. Um, with our expansion coming up, uh, we have, we're growing our team. And so I've just brought, there's a guy called John Scallion. He uh, finished third on season 11. 
Um, yeah. Amazingly talented, really good guy. Should have, my opinion, should have been in the final, but uh, not my um, wasn't my decision, especially back then. Um, but he's I hired him as our executive chef to look after some of the Caesars restaurants, uh, and then Michelle Tribble, who yes. won season seventeen. Uh, yes. We're moving our headquarters to Dallas. Uh, Michelle is from Dallas and is back living there since COVID. So uh, I'm bringing Michelle on as my uh, research and development chef who will work with me in our test kitchen out of Dallas. So uh, I'm super excited about that. I think I got uh, probably two of the most talented people that have ever uh, gone through Hell's Kitchen. So yes. uh, keeping it keeping it in the family a little bit there. But um, So if you're looking for other people to talk to, I would absolutely... Uh, maybe reach out to Michelle or, or John and they can give you um, some more insight to, to the business, to their journey. And especially Michelle, because she did 14 and then yeah. uh, went on to all stars. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah. we would love that. Both. We yeah. would love that. Of course yeah. we would. And you know, when it's, I was like, we'll come down to Vegas anytime we can quarantine yeah. for two weeks if we need to. But um, yeah. yeah, no, would love, love to meet you one day. Um, yeah. Final question. Final, final. Uh-huh saying this I know the final question the final question well we usually ask our guests something but I'm going to change it a little bit um if you could be a f- your favorite meal what would you be and why uh Nicolo the pizza I grew up on it would be I would be a Nicolosi's Nicolosi's plain pie which is just cheese and sauce yeah. uh because it never misses it, it never fucking misses it's the best every single time. Awesome. That's what I would go for. Yeah, no, no, no Got doubt. It. I'll put my plain slice up against anybody in the fucking world. Best pizza out there. From one Amazing. Jersey girl to the world. I'll Amazing. challenge it. Nicolosi's. That's where it's Amazing. at. Amazing. Thank you so much. Like, Thank you guys. Here are Rachel's. Yeah, it was lovely talking to you. Tell your uh, significant others. Thanks uh, for sharing you for the past hour. Appreciate it. Hopefully you get some good breakfast and, uh, and your husband uh, gets back to drilling out that that spare room there yeah thank you we'll be we'll be in touch with the links and yeah. everything for you to share and let's figure okay. out a time for you to come back at your convenience yeah yeah let me let me know whenever you have a, a slot open and we'll we'll work it out just like we did for this one so happy to thank you awesome. real thank you have thank a you good guys rest of your day. have a good weekend okay. yeah thank you okay. good talking to you okay, bye. bye yeah bye